are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, and today is your Show Once again, Tuesdays are power to the pod here on Locked On Dolphins, which means clever little wordplay, Dolphins pod podcast. I'm handing the keys of the car over to each and every one of you to bring your questions and topics to the table pertaining to your Miami Dolphins, and sometimes not, but mostly pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. And today's episode uh, is kind of a cornucopia of free agency, ideology, NFL draft perspective, draft strategy. Uh, That is one of the buzzkills. This week, uh, this past week, would have been the week that we were all in Indianapolis for the NFL Combine. Uh, But obviously with the COVID-19 pandemic, the league has uh, pivoted, if you will, to a a different kind of structure this year that, that doesn't feature all 32 decision makers and head coaches and all 32 teams all congregated in a single spot in the dead of winter indoors. So you get it right. But the buzzkill with that, if you're a Dolphins fan, isn't that we're not getting to see guys run 40 times and this and that it's that this was one of the few quote unquote access points for the Dolphins and their management uh, in the off season. I believe last year, We got to the Combine before the Dolphins had any formal word that was offered that they'd hired Shane Gailey as their offensive coordinator. Like, they they just, uh, you get to the Combine, it's you're forced to get out in front of media and have a conversation and take questions about the team. And uh, the Dolphins are a team with Brian Flores and his background with the New England Patriots. It shouldn't really surprise. They like to play things close to the vest. and they weren't going to volunteer a press availability that they didn't have, they weren't obligated to fulfill, uh, which they would have been if there was an NFL combine. So that's a, a bit of a buzzkill, but we can talk about some of those things based on what the last two years of this regime has done. And we'll get into that with the power to the pod questions uh, that touch on the NFL draft. But our first question today comes from David. David Black, if we don't sign a quality defensive end or linebacker, do you think we draft one at 18? Seems like the top of those classes are thin and won't be there for us in round two, while interior offensive line and other positions would be. Um, as far as linebacker goes, I think the Dolphins, you would just have to understand that you're not going to get one player to fill both needs. You need a plug between the tackles and you need somebody who can play in pass coverage. You can get two different linebackers to do that, and the Dolphins have done that for the past couple of years. So I think that's something that I'm not going to get peer pressured or pressured by the board into drafting a linebacker at 18 just because it's my only chance to get a three-down linebacker. You can also play a ton of sub. You go play nickel and have an extra safety on the field. And I think from that perspective... Uh, you can kind of work around linebackers. That's that's one of the trends that you're seeing some of the teams do with how much the game is played in nickel defense these days. As far as uh, the defensive end, 
David, for the second part of your question, I actually think the defensive end group is quite good this year. Um, so we over at, at the Draft Network have been working on finalizing what the top of some of these positional groups look like. And uh, I can tell you from our perspective, we have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 edge defenders in the top 100 in this year's class as things currently stand. Are all of them fits for the Dolphins? No. Um, but if you're looking for hand-in-the-dirt guy that's 260-plus, you got Cody Pay, Jalen Phillips, Gregory Rousseau, Jason Owe from Penn State, Patrick Jones from Pitt, Victor DiMugique from Duke, Deo Odenegbo from Vanderbilt, Jordan Smith from UAB, Carlos Basham. These are just top 100 guys. Then you get into hybrid types like Peyton Turner and Cameron Sample, who I think are good fits for the Dolphins, Florida State's Janarius Robinson, Atacumbo Ogundiji from Notre Dame. Like The list is, is pretty extensive as far as edge defenders I think are fits for the Dolphins. It's just, can you get a DPR? Can you get a designated pass rush uh, specialist? And some of these guys I think can qualify as that. Some of these guys are more early down guys right out the chute. Uh, if you want kind of the, the hybrid linebacker type, then maybe Aziz Ojolari is in conversation and Hamilcar Rashid from Oregon State and Quincy Roche from Miami. So they're going to have lots of options at edge. And I'm not going to let uh, the, the lack of appeal at the top of the draft board for linebacker, uh, even though I do think between Zayvon Collins, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, and Micah Parsons, there's enough options there for Miami that, like, you're not one and done. And they'll probably all be on the board, if not all three. Then two of the three will be on the board at 18 for the Dolphins to pick from. Uh, but that feels like it flies in against conventional wisdom based off how the Dolphins have drafted over the first two years, which is a lot of premium, high-priced positions going early in the draft, and linebacker is generally not considered one of those. Leighton wants to know what my opinions are on pursuing Corey Lindsley in free agency. I would understand why the Dolphins would go after Corey Lindsley. I do think he's an upgrade over Ted Karras. Uh, but I would just caution that Corey Lindsley does not profile like how previous Dolphins offensive line investments have profiled. And what I mean by that is Corey Lindsley is listed at six foot three, 301 pounds. Reminder, the Dolphins' starting five averaged somewhere around 318, 320, 322, depending on what combination of guys they had up front. Ted Karras was the lightest guy on the line last year, and Ted Karras is listed on the Dolphins' roster at 314 pounds. So, no, that's not to say Corey Lindsley isn't necessarily somebody the Dolphins will have their eye on. Uh, I definitely think he's an upgrade. I think he's a better center. No question. It's a slam dunk value. But are the Dolphins going to hold steadfast to what previous investments at the position have indicated might be boxes that they like to have checked for anybody they bring into the picture? Because if that's the case, then you're probably talking a Landon Dickerson or a Creed Humphrey in the draft. And those will be the options that the Dolphins pursue uh, because they fit their size thresholds. I don't know how 
steadfast they're going to be in that. But I think it is worth mentioning. And I am also a little apprehensive about signing Corey Lindsley, who's going to be 30 years old before the start of the season. He was an All-Pro this past year. Signing him to a either market-setting deal or a deal that's going to pay out somewhere around $12 million, $10 million, whatever that dollar amount's going to be. I get we got to invest, but I think the offensive line group, my general philosophy is finding good combinations of five players, and I don't think Corey Lindsley would be the piece that's going to pull the entire offensive line together. I would spend the money elsewhere, personally. I get why you would want them to spend the money there, and I'm not going to argue with you because you have every right to think Corey Lindsley, all-pro center, put him in the, the heart of the Dolphins' offensive line, great. I would probably go a different direction. Football season may be over, but there's still plenty of sports betting action to get on, and Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all your favorite sports. The NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing, but Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality television. With real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can think of, Bet Online has you covered for all of your news, scores, and odds. Plus, it's free to sign up. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKED ON. Next question comes from. D. Wildemuth, and if I mispronounce your last name, my apologies, sir. But you want to know, should the Dolphins be taking a good look at Malik Hooker as a free safety and let Bobby McCain play in the slot again? Uh, if you're moving Bobby McCain out of free safety, you're either vastly restructuring his deal or he sh- will not be a part of the team, in my opinion. Uh, Bobby's do a cap hit of over $7 million. You can't pay a nickel $7 million. You can't do it. Not when you're paying what you're paying Xavier Howard and Byron Jones on the outside. So if you're going to move Bobby out of free safety, you've either got to give him a price cut and get him agree to take that, which good luck with that sell because he had a, a fair enough year this past year. Played pretty well, except for the final first couple games and last couple games, in my opinion. Or you're going to have to part ways with Bobby McCain. I I do not think just a position reallocation, especially with his salary, is something that's in the cards and on the table for Miami. Or at least it shouldn't be. Marcos, if the Dolphins drafted Penny Sewell, do you think they would play him on the left side or change him to the blind side for Tua, despite having never played right tackle? Um, I'm not really... You need two, two good offensive tackles. You need a front side tackle. You need a backside blind side protector. Like they're both important. I'm not sure I would mess with Penne Sewell. Um, he's certainly athletic enough to play both sides of the line, but I think he can be just as much of a high impact player, regardless of whether he's on the blind side or not. So for me personally, I, I'd probably just leave him at left tackle, let him work. Uh, but that's not to say that the Dolphins won't have other plans or have a, a different priority there. And I, I certainly think he's capable of doing it. But for me, it's it's six in one hand, half dozen in the other. It's it's pretty inconsequential to me. I need good offensive tackles on both sides. Tone Toto, I'm planning to go to my first Dolphins game this season. 
like to sit in the 72 club. Is it worth it? Do you know approximately how much a day like that will run me? I unfortunately cannot help you here, but I'm reading this question. If you're not familiar, the 72 Club takes premium seating to another level. is the most luxurious seating experience in all South Florida sports. All-inclusive food and beverage, complimentary in-seat service, premium parking, 11 inches more in legroom, and 8 inches wider seats. So a very spacious experience. I am reading this question. Uh, Tone Toto, your Twitter handle is at Tone Lantern, T-O-N-E Lantern. I'm hoping somebody who listens to the show will hear this and will be able to answer your question for you, but I myself have not indulged in 72 Club. Kevin, with the Saints in salary cap hell, would the acquisition of Ryan Ramchek, the right tackle, interest you, or perhaps another Saint? Yes, Ryan Ramchek might be, for my money, the best right tackle in football. Uh, he is phenomenal. He's out of Wisconsin. He's a first-round pick, the 32nd overall pick a couple years ago. Uh, the challenge with Ryan is he's coming into the last year of his deal. He's due $11 million, and you're going to have to pay him out a deal that's going to pay him close to market price uh, beyond this year. So, yeah, the Saints... Salary cap dump. They're going to need to get creative to, to bring some things off the book. Ramchek's 27 years old. He'll be 28 at the start of the season. Might be the best right tackle in football. If you're not aware of what market price is for a top offensive or top right tackle in football, Lane Johnson gets $18 million per. Trent Brown gets 16.5. Jack Conklin, 14. Juwan James, 12.75. Juwan James. Uh, Ramchek will command very close to the Lane Johnson number as far as I'm concerned. He's that good. Dolphins can get it done. Um, but with everything else the Dolphins are looking into investing this offseason with the skill players, plus you're going to have to give up an asset to get Ryan Ramchek. It's not like they're just going to cut him. So you're talking a, a first-round pick. He's due 11 this year, and you got to pay him out a, a contract. That's a tough sell with everything else the Dolphins need to get accomplished this offseason. Could you make it work? Sure. But there's some hoops to, to jump through there that I think probably make that too complicated of a proposition for Miami, uh, given the fact that they've invested so much in recent times with young players at the position. Adam. We all know about what draft prospects are out there for us to argue about with top 50 picks. And we're all talking about top tier free agents like Aaron Jones. But are there any players under contract in unfavorable situations you could see Miami go after via trade? And I really liked exploring the Tyler Lockett thing last week. Uh, I think Lockett is exactly the kind of receiver the Dolphins need. Uh, if they are going to make a cap dump, Lockett would be one that absolutely interests me. He's the first one that comes to mind. Patrick, everyone seems so quick to dismiss Albert Wilson from this year's team. Isn't he the type of receiver we are looking for with his rack ability? And he should be the healthiest he's been in his whole career after opting out. So yes, technically he should be the healthiest he's been in quite some time. Uh, but Albert Wilson's been in the NFL for six years, seven if you include the opt-out year. He has 193 receptions for his career, 
2,286 yards and 12 touchdowns, and his career high in receiving yards came in a contract year in Kansas City, put up 554 and played in 13 games that year. He started more than 10 games once in his NFL career in seven seasons. The... This is where I struggled because you can paint a rosy picture. You can paint a favorable picture about what Albert Wilson can be. But how many, how many times over is it before this is just who this player is? The last full season that Albert Wilson played on the Dolphins, he averaged 8.2 yards a catch on 43 receptions. So we're, we're going to put eggs in that basket based off of the four-game sample size at the end of the year and when he started to look like he was a little bit more of himself from a health perspective. That's such a dangerous game. Like some of us tried to do this with uh, Jakeem Grant. I remember last summer talking with you guys on the podcast about Jakeem Grant and why, well, he's got speed, he's explosive, he can create. We tried to do the same thing with Preston Williams. Oh, Preston Williams is coming back, and it, granted it was a one-year sample size, but like Preston Williams was a UDFA who played in eight games as a rookie. And the general assumption was, yeah, that, that, that's a spot on the roster that's taken care of. Why is Preston Williams considered safe? And you've got a guy who's been in the league four times as long, who's put up 500 or more receiving yards once in his career. I'm not, I'm not willing to put the Dolphins' ability to field an effective supporting cast around Tua Tagovailoa into the fate and fortunes of maybes. So you have to do the risk assessment as far as I'm concerned. And you look at Albert Wilson, it's just like him and Albert or him and Jakeem Grant are two birds of a feather. They're super physically talented guys. Now granted the injuries have taken their toll on Albert Wilson. But neither one of them can stay healthy. So that's the challenge for the Dolphins is finding the right kinds of players who can achieve what the Dolphins need but can perform more consistently than either one of them and can stay healthy at a more consistent rate than either one of them. I don't have the answer specifically, but I personally think if it would have been either one of those two players, they'd have done it by now. They'd have been that guy by now. And I don't think either one of them is. RockAuto.com is a family business who's been providing auto parts customers with high-quality service online for the last 20 years. So whether you're looking for engine control modules, brake parts, taillights, motor oil, or even new carpet for your classic or your daily driver, rockauto.com has everything you need in one easy-to-navigate catalog, and in just a few clicks, you can get everything delivered directly to your front door. Best of all, prices are the same at rockauto.com for both professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so why would you shop anywhere else and spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So visit rockauto.com for all your auto parts needs. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box, so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all of the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com Sean, if you had to do all three of these for both the offense and defense, what would you pick? Trade a player, cut a player, let a player walk in free agency. Okay. My producer, a.k.a. me. Pull up the Dolphins' death chart here. I want to make sure I get this right. Offensively, I need to trade a player, cut a player, and let a player walk in free agency. I'm letting Matt Breida walk in free agency. 
that one's easy. That's taken care of. I'm trading Eric Flowers. Whatever cost. I understand I'm probably going to need to package him with a four to get a six back. But $8 million that I can free up in guaranteed money that would go to a new team in a salary cap dump to sell off a draft pick with it, to me, is worth it. Because we think the Dolphins are going to invest on the offensive line at least once this offseason. Robert Hunt has the ability to play inside. Solomon Kinley has shown the ability to play left and right guard. So let's do that. Let's start that domino effect and either draft ourselves either a right tackle, kick Robert Hunt inside, or draft yourself a guard and kick Solomon Kinley over to left guard and leave Robert Hunt a right tackle. So that was uh, the trade. So I got to cut a player. Either Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson. Take your pick. Defensively, you need to let a player leave in free agency. Devon Godshall. I think the Dolphins have plenty of depth up front. Could probably afford another player to take his spot in the rotation. Um, Super reliable, sturdy player. Just didn't make any splash plays. And I think you you don't pay a guy for non-splash plays. I have to trade a player and cut a player. A player I'm cutting. Clayton Fezdlum, who's under contract, he signed a free agent uh, deal this past offseason to be a special teams guy. I'm just cleaning that $2 million and change or whatever it is. I'm getting that off the books. A player I'm trading. So I'm letting Godshell walk. I'm cutting Fezdlum. A player to try to trade. I don't want to give an answer here, to be honest with you. Maybe Nick Needham. Maybe I'll see if I can get anything for Nick Needham. Uh, nickel corner, two years in the league. Has shown he can play. He played 60% of the snaps. Uh, I'm just looking to upgrade that position. So if a team's interested in a guy who has some year left on, on restricted free agent deals, um, then maybe I can get a little something-something for, for Nick Needham. So that would be my answer. Lots of questions about Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts, kind of hot-button topic because is he a wide receiver? Can he be an option for Miami? Uh, let's let's holster Kyle Pitts for now. Uh, I've done my final eval on him for over at thedraftnetwork.com. He graded out as a top five overall player in the class for me. He's a really good football player. Uh, but he's not one-size-fits-all, and the Dolphins would have to find ways to to balance his skill set with that of Mike Isecki. That's a conversation we can have on a different day. TJ Frost, with TJ with JJ Watt going to Arizona, and thank goodness that man did not sign with the Buffalo Bills. JJ Watt yesterday announcing he's signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, more power to you, I suppose. Says he wants to win. Signs in Arizona. It's been said that Hassan Reddick will become available. Does he fit with the Dolphins' defense? Are you making the call to the Cardinals? Well, here's the nice thing. Hassan Reddick is a a free agent. He's scheduled to be a free agent this offseason. So you don't have to trade anything to get him. But Hassan Reddick is coming off a season in which he logged 12 and a half sacks. He had a monster year this past year as a former first-round pick. They declined their fifth-year option on him. I'd inquire. Uh, But I would also expect because he had big sack totals and he had 16 quarterback hits and 
enjoyed this big breakout of a season, I would expect that Reddick will probably be a player who is out of the price point of what the Dolphins are interested in spending on a single defender in free agency. It's like when we did the J.J. Watt show. J.J. Watt ended up getting like $16.5 million per year. I'd have been interested for signing J.J. Watt for like half of that. So if you're going to price yourself out, more power to you. Hassan Reddick, he's young, he's athletic, 6'1", 235. Uh, former top 15 overall pick, 12-plus sacks last year. But paying for sacks in free agency is scary. Because that was a really specific environment in which he produced to get those sacks. Could he shine in Miami? I think he could be a weapon in Miami. But I wouldn't break the bank for him. And I think whoever signs Hassan Reddick, regardless of the, the salary cap situation across the league, I think they're going to have to break the bank to do it. Mark Council, with the Washington football team set to part ways with Alex Smith, do you see him becoming a viable backup option for the Dolphins? This is where I'll end the show today, uh, because this is a home run opportunity for the Dolphins, as far as I am concerned, to get the perfect backup quarterback in-house for the Dolphins. Think about it. Alex Smith, he's 36 years old as things currently stand. We've talked about, we talked yesterday about what the Dolphins should do with the backup quarterback situation, and we talked about how I would not endorse having a rookie behind Tua Tagovailoa. A veteran with some experience is important. That's an important thing to have. So Alex Smith offers you a lot of the same benefits of Ryan Fitzpatrick without the same complications. Because, like it or not, Ryan Fitzpatrick was in the Dolphins' locker room before Tua Tagovailoa was. He had a year's worth of sweat equity. He really earned the trust of the team, the locker, the locker room, the coaches. And when down the stretch in crunch time, the Dolphins, in two separate occasions, turned to Ryan Fitzpatrick to help them try to win football games. Alex Smith would be coming in as an accomplished outsider, but also not a veteran quarterback who has that kind of clout in the locker room. But can still provide plenty of lessons. Alex Smith is former number one overall pick in the NFL draft from 2005. His first three seasons in San Francisco. Smith started 30 games and was 11-19. and 19, And two of those seasons had a completion percentage of 50% or worse. And he had a touchdown-to-interception ratio in those first three seasons of 19-33. to 33. So he was 11-19 in his first three seasons. But by the time he left the team in 2013, he had turned it around so well that he left the team with an, a winning record as the starting quarterback at San Francisco, 38-36-1, and, and then went on to take the starting job in Kansas City for five seasons in which he had a record of 50 and 26 before moving on to Washington and having the injury. Alex Smith, you thought Tua Tagovailoa's rookie season was rough. Alex Smith had one passing touchdown and 11 interceptions his first season as the number 1 overall pick in 2005. And yet he managed to turn everything around to the degree in which he did to the point where Mind you, he started 19-33 and 33 on the touchdown-interception ratio 
and 1-11 in his first season, Alex Smith now currently sports a t- career touchdown-to-interception ratio. He is plus 90. Made three Pro Bowls. His next win as a starting quarterback, assuming he gets one, will be his 100th. He is 99-67-1. That kind of experience behind Tua, a guy who has seen it all been to hell and back, 36 years old, he's an established veteran, he's not going to threaten you long term, but he's seen it all but he doesn't threaten the locker room chemistry in the same way that Ryan Fitzpatrick would because so many people love Ryan Fitzpatrick and Ryan Fitzpatrick spent a season in Miami before Tua as the starting quarterback. So yes, now you can't break the bank, right? Like don't pay him $10 million. I don't think that's going to be the cost. But if you can get Alex Smith on a one or two year deal worth 10 to $12 million total, five to $6 million per season, yes. Yes, that is the way. That is the backup quarterback we should all be rooting for when he does hit the market. Now, if it comes out and somebody pays him $10 million, then shoot. Then we'll figure it out. We'll go from there. We'll go sign Brian Hoyer and draft to somebody on day three and have three quarterbacks that we carry, and it'll be what it's going to be. But Alex Smith absolutely positively should be the backup quarterback. We are all hoping to see the Dolphins land on because his experiences and his life lessons for Tua, and he can even relate to Tua better than Ryan Fitzpatrick can, because Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't a first-round pick. He's barely drafted. Alex Smith was at the top of the pedestal, struggled, and managed to persevere. Put that behind Tua. Let him learn from that. That's what I want to see. Hope you guys enjoyed Power to the Pod. We have three more shows this week. So make sure you hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins all offseason long. We are two weeks away from the start of free agency. Exciting times. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks as always for listening. I'll talk with you guys again tomorrow.